yeah, I'm moving to Boulder. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, they're like, have you thought this through? And I was like, honestly, not really. When you're making high school kids happy and excited about running, like, how could you ever be like that upset about that? I do have one question for you guys. Uh, what's your guys' love languages? With Josh Kerr. All right, here David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Sit and Kick Podcast. I'm your host, David Rivich. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. So we are sitting and kicking it with our first three-stripe guest. Um, this individual broke four minutes in the, in the mile in high school. And then all credits to Brooks, he ran a two-mile high school time of 8.42 and broke a two-year win streak from Grant Fisher. Now he's the face of Tin Man Elite and the cozy style of Colorado. And the man who, after maturity, grew a mighty fine mustache. This is Drew Hunter. Or is it Andrew? It's Drew. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> I'm really excited for this. This will be fun. Yeah, we, we spoke a little bit beforehand, just just telling them that you might get roasted a little bit. Dave will probably get roasted as well, but we're, we'll have a bit of fun on the way. So, you know, I just want to start with just, you know, you're a high school guy. I get it. Like, you're a, you're a big-time high school guy. I loved it. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching all the, uh, all the races you were in and stuff. Like, why did you feel like the right next move was to go to the professional scene? Like, what made you, you know the guy that was like okay I could I could skip that next next normal step yeah um it's actually interesting you ask this question now because I just got back from driving 24 hours and I listened to a lot of podcasts in (laughs) the uh in in the in the car ride back uh back to Virginia and I was listening to the how I built this podcast and they always ask a question about the end like how much luck versus like your hard work you know, talent, blah, 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 all that. And, you know, a lot of that decision, Josh was, you know, I got lucky. Like I happened to run, you know, a national record during an Olympic year when track and field is at its, you know, most exciting, uh, most excitement. Um, and so, you know, I think like everything kind of fell into place and kind of fell on my lap. Like, oh, you know, I broke a 3k record indoors and then I broke the mile record indoors. And then it was like, oh, like here's a contract, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not normally how it is. It's normally, you know, you do the four or five years of college or, and then you, you know, sign with an agent and then that agent shops you around. And that wasn't the case for me. So, um, I do think there was a ton of luck involved and I was fully, you know, it, I, I feel like there's kind of a misconception that, you know, it was like, I was skipping college because I thought I was, you know, better than college athletes or anything like that. That that could that's that's could not be farther from the truth. <laughs> I think if anything, like I'm the one trying to skip not racing college guys nowadays because <laughs> they're so fit in around indoor track time. I'm like, are you kidding me? I haven't been on a track once, and these kids are ripping like 355 miles. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think like that was that was kind of it, and I just. You know, like I've always kind of wanted to do things a little differently. Um, and so I feel like I was very drawn to just trying it. Um, and, and yeah, it made sense. And after that, I just kind of all wanted to, you know, just have a team around me. And now I have that. So it definitely has been, you know, a great, great transition. Yeah, because you committed to Oregon, right? Beforehand. Yeah. So it then just yeah. kind of fell on your lap. Like when when was that first realization? Like, okay, this is possible. Like, you know, the money's there. Like that support system could be there for me to kind of take that next step. 
Yeah, um, it, it it all happened when I uh, was actually so I ran seven fifty nine to three k. Then a week later, I ran three fifty eight at the Armory, and then while I was like coming, I had Milrose Games two weeks later, and I was going to just try to run faster. And while I was at Milrose, it was kind of the first time where it was like, oh, like my parents talked to an agent, and they, you know, it was kind of like that. I guess that door just had was opened at that point. Um, and so, um, and so, yeah. And then I just kind of like had the decision to make, it was like, okay, like you have this offer or you, you know, go to college and you go, I mean, my dad's an alum of Oregon, you know, it was like kind of like a dream of mine to run there. Um, I feel like so many kids say that, but like, um, I feel like I actually have a valid reason. So, um, (laughs) um, but yeah. And I think like, uh, that was kind of like the, the whole process behind that. Yeah, you brought up the fact that um, some of the things that were attributed to the signing came around luck, but I mean, you don't win like the National Gatorade Athlete of the Year based off luck. You know, like yeah. you were, you were a high school phenom, and I remember we were in high school around the same time, and it would be just like a constant buzz around your name. It's like, what do you think was that turning point where you kind of went from just like buzz and the conversation to like everyone believing, oh wow, like this guy's actually the real deal. Like this isn't just some like yeah. flow track hype. Yeah. I think, you know, that also goes back to, and it, you know, I keep bringing up the luck thing, but it's like social media and running became big when I was getting good at running. And so it was kind of a perfect storm. I feel like, um, because, you know, I, when you're in high school, like, and you're at these meets and you're, you know, having success and running well, it's a very easy thing to get behind because you're racing every weekend and you're really kind of like, almost like building up your own personal brand, like, so to speak, um, because high school kids are like the biggest fans of this sport. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a sport like football, really, where you have like 40 or 50 year old dads every single weekend watching, you know, it's like, you. of course, there's a small like group of those people, but our biggest fan base is the high schooler, is like the, is like the high school fan base. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, that was like a big part of that. And and yeah, like, I mean, I work incredibly hard. I don't want to take away from that. Like, I mean, I trained, I want to say I probably trained like most college juniors, seniors, like I was running 70 plus miles a week. Like I was, you know, doing long tempo runs. Like I was doing a long run every weekend. I, I definitely like, I put in the miles to earn those times, but, um, you know, the timing of it was perfect and I, and I can't, I can't like disregard that. Did you have any, like, obviously you, you signed with, with Adidas. Did you have any other options? Like, was it when you said, hey, I'm actually thinking about maybe taking that next step to going professional, were brands then like, hey, let's let's go for Drewers? I know that Adidas have, like, a big kind of, they like the young athletes and, like, yeah. with a bigger following, and, and sometimes they like to take risks like that. And, and yeah. um, you know, was there any other brands that were like, hey, we would love to, you know, sit down with you and talk numbers and, and talk, like, you know, contracts? Yeah, and not really, actually. You know, it was, and and you kind of just set summed it all up. Like, Adidas was very excited about who I was. And for me, that was huge. Um, I think it's so important to actually believe in the brand that you're representing. Um and that was like the biggest thing. And I was learning a lot through this process and everything. And I, l- I know a lot more now. Like I feel like in, in a selfish, like almost not even like a cocky way, I think every college senior should probably give me a phone call if they're confused about the recruiting <laughs> process about because I feel like I've seen like the craziest side of it. Um, and 
and, and yeah, and I think, um, you know, I really was like kind of sold on Adidas and they were like really like wanted to empower me and they wanted to be a part. I mean, you know, everyone knows like I have a long term contract with Adidas and that was the biggest thing. It's like they are like I'm not just like a get get fit quick plan for them. It's like, no, like let's develop Drew. Let's let him develop. Let's, you know, believe in his entire running journey. And that was huge for me. Sorry, I was we, just always, try- we always go over each other, so I was just waiting for David. Yeah, says. I was waiting for. I was also just kind of you, you were talking about. Um, I was just trying to also count how many ten men elite things you had on your body at this exact moment. Um, and One so, ah, two, the the chain, and and was your hat? Yeah, the hat's it, but this shirt isn't. So. Oh, okay, what what about the bracelet? Does that count for anything? Ah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, this so, is like I mean, less than normal, though, man. <laughs> I know. It's like we see all this branding for you. We can't obviously use the video now. Um, yeah. The Adidas would be the face of our uh, our sit and kick episode. But yeah, so you talked about the ability to create and like um, Adidas kind of going with you for the long haul. Um, how did that play into the part of kind of creating this brand and image that you've done? Because I know. I think I got a follow from like 10 man elite in like early spring of one year. And then I was like, oh, okay, they got like 300 followers. Like this is pretty dope. And then I look back like a couple months later and it's at like 5,000. Then I like a couple months later and it's just, now it's just like this snowball, almost like an avalanche of just success. So yeah, yeah, kind of take us through that because when you moved to Colorado, what was kind of like, what prompted that move? Cause you weren't necessarily from Colorado. You're from Virginia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a random, not a random move. It was a, a leap of faith for sure. Um, I definitely like, you know, I had a few connections in Boulder and I had actually my first year as a pro, like I actually trained in Boulder. So I knew I loved Boulder. Like I definitely was like, at some point I want to live here. Um, a, because of the altitude, but also just like, it has such an incredible community. Um, and such a, it's, you know, as, and there's so many little things too, that I love about it. Like Denver's, 35 minutes away from me and I can fly anywhere directly in the country, you know, super easy for travel. Um, you know, a place where, uh, you know, I can really kind of grow as an athlete. Um, but also not like overcook myself. Cause I felt like, you know, altitude was going to be like a very important part of what I wanted to do. Um, but I felt like mammoth and Flagstaff and a lot of those places maybe were a little bit too much too soon. Um, and so, yeah. And I just, I mean, you know, it's a, it's kind of a long story, but basically I knew Joe Klecker, who I'm sure you guys know, um, from racing him in high school. And he obviously was at CU at the time. And I just messaged him and I said, Hey man, like thinking about moving out to Colorado, like I know a few guys on the CU team. Um, I had like one guy guaranteed that I could train with, which was Morgan Pearson. who's actually a professional triathlete at the time now. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should hit up my high school teammate, Reed Fisher. Um, because he wants to move to Boulder too. And so I literally just messaged Reed and a week later we had an apartment. Um, it was actually funny. Like I like got the apartment and everything. And I like told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm moving to Boulder. And they were like, what? <laughs> like, they're like, have you thought this through? And I was like, honestly, not really. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I just was like, I had this call it fate, whatever. Like I just had this very weird gut feeling of like this is where I needed to be um and so I just like yeah made it happen and uh and then I you know once I got there it was just like like you said kind of like a snowball effect of everything like 
Reed and I just trained together. It was super simple. We lived together and it was just us two. And then Sam Parsons came into the fold. And, you know, I always had this idea of like building a group, but I also always wanted to be like, I wanted it to be something where like everyone wanted to be there. And it wasn't like, Hey man, come out here. I want to train with you. Like, or like, Hey, like here's a contract, like whatever, you know, I wanted it to be like just a group of best friends training together. Um, and that's kind of where Tim and Elite kind of took off was, I think like, and you know, uh, you know, jokingly, like, does anyone over, uh, under the age of 15 or over the age of 15 have Tim and gear? Probably not. But like, <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, like those kids, like they, um, like they see what, you know, the brotherhood and everything. And they like, they want to be a part of that. And I feel like we've opened that door for them to be a part of. And that's where that kind of big following came from. Um, because we're so open with everything, like through our YouTube channel, Instagram, like, you know, even just in our, like our kind of like blog series that we have, like, you know, I feel like all of us have been super willing to share, like, the happy moments, but also like the hard moments that I feel like so many people go through in this sport. Um, and yeah, and I feel like that vulnerability has gone a long way for, uh, just Tim and elite and myself as an athlete. Yeah. You're able to, you're able to create a, a load of content that, you know, people love to watch. And like, I've watched a bunch of it where, you know, it's, it's very interesting to be, to be so involved in the team with, with all the social media stuff. And I think, yeah, that's a massive into, into why people are, are following you guys. And what I want to ask is though, is, you know, in, in this day and age, when people sign out of college and I don't, I'm guessing most college people know this by now, it's like you sign a contract and you're pretty much going to be signing and getting told where you're going, like what yeah. group you're going to, like where, like what, when it came to like support system wise and coaching and was there any like guidance from Adidas being like, you have to go here or you, you or like, I know you, you kind of have showed that there wasn't any of that, but yeah. like, w was that something that you negotiated with them? Like, Hey, I need to do my own thing or. Yeah. When I first signed, they told me they were like, listen, like we have a few options in place for you, but like I had such a great relationship with my coach and I really did believe in him. Um, and I was not like, I'm, you know, I always think it's so important for every runner at some point in their running career to like have a hard change. Um, yeah. And for, I think for most people, it probably is a coach. Like when you go from your four or five years of your college coach to your professional coach, like that's your big hard change. And, you know, you move to, you know, Seattle or wherever it is, you know, I think. Um, and for me, like I want I guess I wanted that hard change to be like a location because I really did believe in my coach and, um, and I at least wanted, you know, to stay through, you know, this Olympic cycle, um, and, you know, see how things were going. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I think like Adidas was very, very supportive of that. They were like, yeah, like if Tom is the one keeping you healthy and getting you, you know, seeing solid improvements and you're happy and he's happy, like that is a completely okay for you to have. Um, and, and that was a really cool, I think, like you said, it's like not crazy normal nowadays for a company to be like, do whatever the hell you want. You know, it's <laughs> like, um, and, um, and you know, they definitely would have like gave me a little push somewhere if I was struggling, but I did have success and I did like see improvements and, you know, I built something with, you know, a bunch of guys who are also wearing Adidas. So it was like very, very good, you know, um, from their perspective on what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, like, when you when I think of Adidas pro teams at this point, and this isn't to throw shade on any other team that is, like, sponsored by Adidas, but it's like, when I think of Adidas, I think of 10-man elite. I mean, 
I'm at a track here in Seattle, and it's like a notorious track where we do workouts at. And there's just a group of high school guys in Tim and Elite gear. I'm like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Like, this is Seattle. This is the Brooks Beast territory, and you guys are just walking around. And so I went up and talked to them, and I was like, I was like, you're wearing some Tim. They would have been gear. shocked. They would have been like absolute celebrity of David Roberts coming up and speaking. I know. They're like, uh, who are you? They're like, are you, do you go to high school here? I'm like, no. Let, let me finish my story. And so I'm like, what are you guys doing wearing Tin Men Elite gear in Seattle? And they're like. This is this is where I flex. Like, oh my God, David Remich, um, from the Brooks Beast. Like, they did say that, right? No, no, I swear to God, they said that. They said that. Um, I didn't pay them. And then I asked him, I was like, who's your favorite Tin Man guy? And they're like Sam Parsons. And then another one said Drew Hunter. I'm like, all right, these guys are legit. They know what they're talking about. But yeah. the one guy that was struggling doing laps on the track said that I was his favorite athlete. So Josh, you're out of the money. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like oh, you've been guys able to. I got a vote. Dave's got a vote, but Josh didn't get a vote. Josh doesn't get a vote. No, Josh That's rarely right. gets votes. Um, but yeah, so you were coached by Tom in high school. My senior year, yes. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And and so, obviously, like you're comfortable um, with his training and things like that. Was the remote coaching was it the same then in high school as it was for like the first couple years with Tin Man? Yeah. So. Tom is now out in Boulder um, mm-hmm. with us, but yeah, like, you know, I think um, I'm kind of a lone wolf, like in a way, like I love, I love, um, I never had teammates or anything when I first started my running career, like I did everything by myself and I became so good at it. Um, like I joke all the time with the guys, like, they're like, oh yeah, like I could not have done that workout alone, like all these things. And I'm just like, yeah, like I'd probably run five seconds faster if I was alone. Like, um, just cause like, I like, that's how I grew up in my running career. Like that was like what I did. Um, and it was super simple. Like it was like, I just had a weekly schedule with Tom. We'd talk on the phone, we'd text and that was it. And I like was so disciplined in high school. Like, um, like I'm so much more relaxed about my running now than I was in high school. Like I was so rigid. I was just like, sleep 10 hours, eat my salad, you know, get my training in all this stuff. And now I'm like, Oh man, like two or three glasses of wine on a, in the middle of the week. Sure. Why not? You know, it's just like, and I feel like it's such a balance I had to learn, but I did love kind of like the, uh, the solo grind for a bit. I think it taught me more about myself than like, um, than anything in my running career. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was like a very, it, it's different. I feel like most kids like have that camaraderie <clears throat> of like a high school team. Um, and then they go to a college team. It's the same thing. And then maybe as a pro is like the first time they kind of have a little bit of solo training. I mean, it's probably different for you guys cause you have a group, but most of the times like people are training by themselves for the first time as a professional. Yeah. I forgot you had to grow up outside of a college team. Yeah, you yeah. get you get used to the drinking part. It, it comes and goes. Dave yeah. doesn't drink though. He's he's a sober guy. Um, so I, you obviously you live really close to see you. Like you, you taking you took some classes. You're taking classes right now. Yeah, I took I did three semesters at CU. Um, and I'm debating on whether I'm going back or not. To be honest, like the Tim Man Elite business has provided as like a second job where I'm like busy like I would be going to class so like the throwing classes on top of that I think I'd be stretching myself too thin so um debating but yeah like definitely um I, I was what, planning what, to take what like degree were you trying to go for um I was gonna do like marketing which is kind of like kind of makes sense for what I'm doing so yeah. <laughs> um 
But now, like, if I were to go back, like, I'd probably do something that I actually, like, am very, very interested in. I feel like I'd do, like, psych or something. That's something that's just, like, like not necessarily related to what I'm doing. Just, like, something that is, like, going to challenge challenge me mentally or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost as if, like, your um, creation and involvement with Tin Man Elite is kind of like that marketing and business side of yeah. your education already. Um, yeah. And so, I, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense with you being able to then kind of pursue something challenging, but also something that you're relatively passionate about to kind of educate yourself. So you brought up the business of Tin Man Elite. Um, what were like always curious because like we've been trying to get like Brooks Beast gear branded and sent out and everything. What were some of your guys is like, I don't know, numbers for like the first year? Like, were you surprised with how it took off? Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget the first like drop we did um i think it was just like i can't remember exactly sam and i we need to go back and look at it but i think it was like 50 50 t-shirts and we sold out in like 15 20 minutes wow and we were just over the moon which is funny (laughs) now because we'll have like 10 times that and we'll sell out in two minutes now so it's just like funny how like that changes but it's so important to like it's very like humbling but also like very very cool to see the progression of things and just like our first designs and like our first I mean like our first like few I like we started working on like maybe getting a logo and stuff like there's some hilarious like (laughs) text exchange about like our first logo like um like we had this one it was just like going off of like the Wizard of Oz thing and it looks so bad, but like we like, always joke about it, like and and that's like the that's like the first generation first Tin Man logo ever. It never went like live publicly, and like the hammer and axe is so much better and like all that. But um, we did have like a lot of excitement. And then we just started, you know, you know, just like in most businesses, you kind of like forecast and you kind of see like we would do things like do polls of like, hey, how many people missed out on the drop? And it would be like, oh a thousand people missed out on the drop okay well now we know to make more shirts and you know all these things and it was just kind of like a natural progression just kind of like a running career you know it just like slowly build up and you know got to the point we are now and it's almost kind of like we just kind of have to maintain and just keep doing what we're doing now at this point so i know that um i had a conversation with sam when we were in london uh last year and and you know i think you guys were building towards trying to get the backing off adidas uh in your stuff because i know when you started it was more like you know yourself driven like and, and where did where does that money go that you guys make from the shirts like in into the team like what, what do you guys spend that on and obviously you need to buy more stuff to send yeah. out but like where else does it go it goes back to supporting the team um like you know we have a few guys who have individual contracts like me Sam, Jordan, um, Jordan Gusman, who's our Australian runner, and then Reed, we have individual deals, but the rest of the guys, you know, they have, they have like part-time jobs and they're just kind of like living the dream of, you know, the semi-professional runner. Um, and the big thing that we wanted to do is be able to like support those guys. Um, so a lot of the money, most of the money is just going back into helping those guys. Um, and I feel like that's probably the best investment you can ever had because the guys are the ones who make this thing work um, and run. Dude, it's so, so hard. It's so hard to try to roast you when you spit like this 
appreciative knowledge and just like these things that just like make you want to feel good about oh, I can like, roast him dude I, I'll oh, roast him. I, know, I know you're roasting but I'm, <laughs> I'm just sitting here kind of nodding and just like thinking about like the man I'm not trying to fanboy you know yeah screw Tim Manley yeah we're chilling we're, we're hanging um <laughs> but it's funny David here's a here's a quick side note David for everyone out there David was one of the first guys that we wanted to join on Tim Manley so oh. shout out Shout yeah. out, Josh. You know that, cool That's why yeah. I thought it was – I wanted to bring this up at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But David was one of the first guys I kind of, like, talked to and, like, he, you know, had some interest. And, um, and you know, we were we were really excited. Um, I remember we talked at Stanford kind of just, mm-hmm. like, cooling down after the 800. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and so don't, like – that's the whole thing. It's like a – it's like – like most – I feel like most professional, which is why I appreciate you, you know, saying those things, most professional runners, like, I feel like look at our group and almost like laugh and mock us. Um, and it's, I, I do think it is a jealousy thing. Like I, I was going to say, I think up. some of that is behind envy, you know, hundred yes. percent envy. And it's like, sure. You know, that maybe, you know, there's some things, there's some corny things or whatever, but I do think like when you're making high school kids happy and, excited about running like how could you ever be like that upset about that you know um yeah i i see that and i've seen that in a lot of people as well it's just you guys are putting yourselves out there to be shot at and people are taking that opportunity but at the same time you're creating such a fan base that other people are just unable to do because they're not putting themselves out there exactly uh, including myself you know what i mean like I, I do not put us, myself yeah. out there like, I mean, like it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to do, and you guys do it incredibly well. And you allow, you know, your audience to come in and see your day to day, see you guys cooking and having fun, and what your pre race is like. And you know, that's tough for other people to do. And like, it's not that people are trying to hide behind doors. It's just like tough to be like, okay, this is what I do. Like, hopefully, people don't judge me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I want to be able to bring highlight too. Like, yeah, like I remember coming out of college, and we did cool down at Stanford. I think we did like a Stanford loop. Didn't you say like that was a loop that you'd done before, like on that surface? Yeah. 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 And so it was you, me and Sam, right? Or was Reed there too? Was it all three of you guys? I actually don't cause Reed did the 10 K. So I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I don't remember actually. Okay. Was, yeah. I just yeah. remember there was two of you. So I felt ganged up on, um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I went back and, and I talked to Olivia and everything. And like one of my decision processes early was like, I came out to Seattle in, um, in December and I spoke with Danny then and like that was like a really big um turning point in just in our conversation and then my girlfriend was going down to school um in Oregon for another year and like I wanted to stay in the Pacific Northwest but I just remember like hearing the creation and hearing kind of like the start and like the ability of you guys just like doing your own recruitment like I thought that was super super cool because it was like yeah. you guys at as athletes um were recruiting other athletes to join so what was kind of like What's your guys' approach now? Because now you guys are are big, like yeah. Um, and so now, how do you yeah. look into getting athletes on then, in a recruitment standpoint? It's actually a really simple formula. It's the people that want to be here. Um, like that's actually one of my jobs on the Tim Annalee team is to uh, like I'm like one of the recruiters now, and it's actually super easy because basically every single good college kid has asked to join our team. Um, and it's my job is to literally say, okay, make it happen. Um, because like, that's like kind of the foundation of what we were built on. It was like 
guys picked up everything to move to Boulder, Colorado and join our team. Or in, you know, Jordan Gusman's case, he picked up everything and flew from Australia to join our team. And, you know, and I think, um, I think like it's gotten to the point now where the people that want to be here are going to be the best teammates and best fits for our team. And the, the people that are excited to not only run fast, but to also, you know, do things outside of the norm of every other professional athlete, um, you know, help with the, you know, the day-to-day operations of what we do and all those things. And I think that was like, that's the most telling thing to me. Um, like I, I have a hard time. Like I always see the best in people or try to. And so I feel like I've been like, it's been hard for me to like turn people down because like, I'm like, Oh, I got to give this guy a chance. Like I got it. Like, who knows what could happen with a little support, like all these things. Um, but now it's like, I'm like, yeah, man, like you want to be out here. Like, let's find a way to be out here and, you know, let's get, you know, you're excited about this. Like it's going to work. Um, and that's kind of like what, what it is now. So with, um, you know, I, I do feel like as well, you know, like you said earlier, there's four guys that are properly sponsored by Adidas and, you know, for some college kids that are coming out, that might not be getting all the interest they want. It could be that kind of stepping stone to finding the sponsors and still get that promotion. Is that like a big thing as well? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, the big, the big goal of ours is like for guys who aren't sponsored, it's like, okay, come out here, prove yourself. Like we're going to support you through that improvement and then, you know, run whatever you need to run and sign, you know, with Adidas. And I think like, so many people don't have that, like you kind of just said, like that stepping stone to like get to that next level. It's like they have to get a full-time job and then, you know, obviously their running is going to suffer from that or whatever. And I feel like what Tim Man Elite does is it gives them that little bit of push, that little bit of like extra support to actually get them to that contract level. And that's what literally the story of Sam, Goose and Reed, every single one of them. Like, um, and it's, it's pretty beautiful to see that, you know, and it's amazing that an incredible company like Adidas also sees that like, yeah, like you earn this, um, here you go. Um, and so it's been really, really exciting. And I think, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of like the future and like where I think our team is headed is it's like, oh, like if you're not at the level of getting a contract right out of college, like, but you're really, really solid, like an all American, like, all right, let's try to, let's try to make this work. Was there ever a point where you didn't know all the names of the people on Tin Man Elite? No, okay. I'm not that bad. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like there'd be some posts where we um, where we'd see just like um, a bunch of people like, damn, like they're just like multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Yeah. Um, but now it seems like you do have a pretty core fundamental group. Um, yeah. And all the posts that are are made are just kind of like that core group working in the headquarters. Is that your basement? Is that right? Yeah, that is my basement. Yeah. So it's like probably one of the cooler basements in, in the world, so <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's like and that's like it's been really cool to like um yeah, like we just set up shelves from Home Depot and ship the merch there and it's just like all there and it's like all right guys, like we got a drop coming up, like time to clock in. <laughs> um yeah. and yeah, it's just like a you know, I feel like most businesses probably start like that though. Um <laughs> to some to some degree unless you got you know big money or something um so josh is getting antsy i know um he's getting a bit banterish already um we actually have some pretty cool stuff so like a segment that josh and i have in our episode is the banter bowl um i know 
um, Josh kind of had um, gave you a little forewarning and things and like we adjust it typically for our guests um, like uh, our previous episode with Courtney Frerichs we did Frerich favorites mainly because we didn't want to just go on a full-on like banterish roast session with her because um, <laughs> she probably hurt both of our feelings but I feel like the three of us have a good enough relationship where we have some really cool things to talk about and kind of banter about and so yeah, we're going to move on to the banter bowl section of the podcast. And Josh has been biting at the bit for this question, so we'll let him start it the out. The first question? I love this question. Okay. Eight-man race. Four beasts. Four ten-man elite. 3K. Score like a college mate. For whoever's first gets one point, second two points. Who are you picking and what's, what's going to be the order? Finishing order. For your guys' team too? So our team yeah. will be me, Dave, uh, Henry, and Isaac will okay. be our four for our 3K. You have to pick four people for your for your team to go up against our four in a 3K. In a 3K. Yeah. Um, the three easy ones for sure are me, Goose, and Sam. The fourth, Aaron Templeton. Okay. Yeah. Who's winning? What team? And do you want to make this happen? Because I think that would be a fantastic race. I can't. I think you guys are one winning. Oh. I don't. The thing is, I don't know what times you got. Like I've never ran a three k. Like I've. I, so, I mean. And I like obviously want to say my own team, but I literally <laughs> like. I think if you were to go five k, I think we would win. I think we okay, that's just, why I didn't go five k. Yeah. So there's yeah. a reason we we three k. Yeah. Like especially like. Yeah, if there's some tactics in there, like, you know, like, like when you say, like, relay, it's obviously not going to be like, all right, we're running 739 3K pace, you know? It's probably way more like 8 flat with a kick on the end, and that's why I give you guys the edge. No, we're going we're going just straight up race, all 8 on the start line. Oh! Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. a relay. Never mind. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, so we're, we're going, like, so, like, if you, if you win... Like, if you go number one, you get one point. If I go number two, I get two points. And, like, so we'll gotcha. score. Okay. Wait, why, why did you put yourself getting second, Josh? Because I want to be respectful to the to, – no, he's I mean, around 739, did, did, dude. No, I, no, I, my PR that. is 835. No, it's, it's why, why did you expect to be the first <laughs> okay, boom roasted Brooks athlete? That why, did you the, why did you expect to be the first Brooks athlete then to say you get second? Don't get yourself carried away. I'll no. I'll – I'll explain the question a little better, but yeah. So first is one point, eighth is eight points, just like gotcha. a cross okay. scoring. For whatever reason, I thought this was like a relay. Um, yeah. No, Josh doesn't do um, good on relays. I, a fast race, I'm taking myself. There, okay. I said it. I like it. Do I have to pick? Predict? No, 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 yeah. I think I just think I think it'd be a great race. I just think if we if 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 um, quarantine or like, hey, you're allowed ten people. And in one place at one time, we'll do yeah. your four guys, our four guys, your coach, our coach, and we'll yeah. just set up a nice so little fun. race. And that'd be yeah. a, that'd be a, a quality laugh to do at the end of the year or something silly. We could do a 5K or a 3K or whatever. Yeah. You know, I feel we'll confident in my beasts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that'll be fun. I think we could make this, yeah, we could make this good. Um, about it. It's like, it is my dream to do like, I mean, my my dream would be to do like full cross country with Bowerman, you guys you know, every single group and like have them line up 
all their heaters. Like, I'm not yeah. talking about, like, oh, like, just the people who are want to do it. I'm talking about, like, required. And the only way it would ever happen is if the money was just absurd. And that would yeah. be, like, the only way that could, yeah. like, get, like, the Bowerman guys to step on a cross-country course. Well, I mean, uh, money absurd or even, like, when there's no races going on. And maybe this build-up right now is, like, a perfect storm for, like, creating one of these opportunities for teams to come together because you know it's yeah. like danny has been working with us to like do time trials and things like that but if the quarantine was lifted and you could start having events like i know danny would danny has a lot of pride in his athletes and the work that he does so i know he'd be like yeah we're gonna send you guys to go um do this cross-country race because we did like cross nationals right the club cross yeah. nationals lost by a few points um maybe i wasn't allowed to be there by the way i didn't pussy out of it yeah, yeah. i also <laughs> I also wasn't there, David, so it would have been a big difference. If I was oh, there. God, yeah. Yeah, we, we had, yeah. Oh, Dude, so I'm good at I forgot you weren't even there. Yeah. Yeah, did you want you Josh, wanna... One of the most impressive things, real quick, was when Josh made Nationals, like, by himself. I literally was like, I was like, this guy is like... We don't need to talk about Nationals, but, you know, I was, I think I was like, I don't know, 12th at um, the mountain region. And then I was like, this is awesome. And then like six days later, you're going to run, run it back and run another 10K. Whew, 212th won't do you bad, Josh boy. Okay, here's, here's some like, um, off the top of my head banter. Do you think it's smart that the NCAA double backs 10Ks like that? Because the division two level is a two week time period between regionals and nationals. Do you think it's good that the D1 it's level D2 does that? D2 need a bigger build-up, dude. Talk. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. D2 need a bigger build-up because they got such big names that, yeah. like, they just got to have that time to get all the support behind them, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a D2 guy on the team, Sydney. Yeah. So we roast him all the time for this. So exactly. this will be easy. Um, yeah. At this point, Sydney like, makes fun of himself. He's like, yeah, but it was in D2, and we're just like, that <laughs> All right. This classic D2 guy. That's yeah, see, see I think the self-deprecation, then, it, I, it makes me um, feel good about myself that I'm not alone in this fight being the only <laughs> um, guy to get picked on for that. Because I'm like, Drew Drew Wendell, he's a, a Division two athlete, but he's done so much at, like, the professional level to where, like, it kind of is forgotten about. They're like, oh, where did he go to school? Oh, he went to D2. But it's like yeah. me, and, uh, me and Sydney still have that um, Division two. Oh, is it a aura? Is that the right word? Josh, you're, you're the vocab yeah. guy. That's why. That's why. I mean, if you run three forty four indoors, like you're gonna you're gonna continue with your D two tiles. <laughs> it is what it is. Just one time. Um, okay. Next. Next banter question. Um, how much money did you make off the screen time when they filmed you watching Heat two at the USA Indoor Championships run slower than your winning time in Heat one? <laughs> I have no idea. Where would I even begin to guess that? <laughs> Um, on your Wikipedia page, whoever runs that, your photo for your Wikipedia page is you with a mustache and long hair and a cameraman chilling on the sideline watching Heat 2 run slower. <laughs> Let me look this up. I yeah, just, don't know this. That must have been some experience. That's so weird that they did. Like, I, I've never seen that before. Why oh, would wow, they just not yeah. put you in yeah. Heat 1? Like, what happened? Like, I, I remember watching it being like, that's the weirdest situation. Yeah. Um, basically, I didn't have a qualifying time. Right. Because I wasn't planning on running indoors. I had been training for like four weeks. Like I did like one track workout going into that. And Ray, my agent, was like, hey, like I can get you into the meet if you want. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and he just assumed it would be one heat. And then it ended up being two heats. And he was like, yeah, you don't have a qualifying time. Oh, so we just, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but I always like to say, like, yeah, it's, like, funny how that happened, but I do believe I would have won in the first heat, too. Yeah. I'm confident in that. So Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think Dave wrote this question, but I'll say it anyway. Do you Zoom call high schools uh, to finish your education? Do you uh, have a high school diploma? I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> I've gotten so good at these Zoom calls. If that is the way for me to finish my education, um, I'm, like, absolutely i'm like valedictorian of that i'm crushing it um yeah i think josh the other day we were talking and i was like hey man we're just gonna have to move this to another day because yeah. i literally have three zoom calls i've probably done like 15 at this point wow um yeah um, what's your inspiration to them do you just like you know you don't need to go to college guys just go straight professional track run yeah you'll be fine. i basically get on there and i'm like listen um so you have to run really really fast but commit to a good school and then just bounce. Like, <laughs> don't think about it. Just do it. Um, I don't and, know if that's the slogan you want to use for an Adidas athlete. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, Strive live, dude. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I get like all these like really terrible messages from all these kids' parents um, afterwards, like <laughs> telling them that they're like going to pursue TikTok and all these things. And um <laughs> And yeah, they're not going to go to college or anything anymore. So that's where we're at. But like I said, changing lives. <laughs> so Drew, you may be the only athlete ever to create a team from scratch and then a, scr a scratch a team that you made. Um, so, you know, how was that whole experience with dropping out of the world's team? I thought I'd just put a nice little fun light on it. Um, You'll be over it now, I'm sure. Oh yeah, which, which which we put in like in our notes, respect for like the, <laughs> yeah the, yeah Josh is yeah it, it well, is the it banter was a roast to start with, but I want to hear more about it. We want to hear no, more about it, but we also not, have respect for it. Yeah, uh, very. First of all, I think it was like very hard decision to make, um, but I also think like it was the right decision, and not even in terms of myself, like. I could have showed up and run with a torn planner and run 1530 and like got my paycheck. Sure. Yeah. But that's so unfair to Ben true who made the final and, you know, ran whatever 1320 or what, you know, it was just like, yeah. and that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, um, and, um, and I actually got a lot of kind messages when I did pull out, I think because there was other circumstances where, other people didn't do the same. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, and I, it was tough, you know, but like, it's such a learning experience. And I feel like I have to be like, um, like so conscious of like the longevity of my running career. So, um, but yeah, man, like first US team I make, just <laughs> not even like, I call myself like a world qual. Like, what is like, yeah, what's, oh, put I, that in your Instagram bio for sure. Yeah, okay. World yeah. qualifier. Yeah. Like, world qualifier dot 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 sorta or something i don't know like something yeah was was almost a collegiate athlete was almost uh, a team usa athlete yeah yeah I'll, I'll get it one of these days not the college one i can't yeah do that. i was gonna say you'd have to give everything back all the prize yeah. money you didn't accept it worlds yeah. to uh, go back to college yeah i can get you into unm if you just give brooks the uh, the money you made i'm sure it'll be fun i'll get you in there perfect so uh, yeah, uh, there's a. I want to hear the story behind. Did you? So you didn't. Ex you don't accept certain athletes. 
and you didn't accept Christian Sorrells. We can take this out. Um, what happened there? Wow. This is interesting. Uh, man, didn't you did some deep cut research, didn't you? Um, no, I just like, I mean, first off, like, I think Christian was very unsure about what he wanted to do. But I also just think like, like his, his mission statement was different than like what we wanted. Um, and, and yeah, and like, I mean, Christian's a great athlete, great guy, like everything. It just was like, didn't 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 work out i'm sure like most teams have been in that in position before it just happens to be like we're the ones kind of making that call which can kind of be uncomfortable um but i also think it's like worth it to like be able to like i mean josh like like having you know a call on whether david could be on the team or not don't you wish you had that say like come on well you did have that say and i know you did i know you freaking were like nah nah dude we can't take any D two athletes on here, but I mean, I, I, if I had the call, would I take David? I mean, David signed before me, so I had the option to leave. Oh, but. In other words, I was asked, um, "Do you want to have Josh <laughs> on the team?" And I was like, "Out of all the Division one athletes, I mean, like he did lose to Ollie in the final. Um, he did. What did he get third? Like whoever got second, like that person also could be a good pick. But if like we we need to put our money somewhere, Josh like, might sure. be a reliable guy." We don't got to worry about him. Like 10 D2 athletes before you. <laughs> I know. So. I was like, hey, but l- let me talk to you about some Division II athletes. Um, so we, they signed David, and then whatever money was left after David, they gave to me. So <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's fine. I, I get through. I scrape through. But David's just a big money man. So it, I, I get it. But um, I do have a funny story about Christmas Serratos because we were at like Falmouth Road. Right? Oh, no. Uh, what was the? Yeah, Falmouth it was Falmouth. Mile? Falmouth yeah. Mile. And yeah. um, I was living with him and uh, Craig Angles. And uh, we were just, the night before, you know, me and Craig are just, like, chugging these bottles of water, like, just chilling. Like, he was playing Fortnite, whatever, because he streams. And um, he was just pounding beers. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I've never experienced someone drinking, like, three or four beers before a race. And um, he was playing quite well at Fortnite. I guess he he's good or whatever. And, and I said to him, I was like, would you shotgun a beer if you don't win this next game? I'm just trying to, like, get as many beers in him as possible. We're racing the next day. This is Christian like, drinking? Christian drinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I was like, perfect. I'm drinking water. He's drinking beers. Like, this is great. He's five or six beers in. I'm like, yeah, let's just make him drink more beers. And uh, so he ends up winning the game, doesn't shotgun a beer. But he had, like, six or seven beers. Next day, like, I take the whole race. Like, I've, I've like, front run this whole race, like, 1,400 meters in and i'm like hanging on hanging on and then he comes whipping by me and i'm like what the hell dude like i feel like i just need to start drinking before races yeah i was like this sucks dude like he was out like up drinking for like a long time and he was out late and i was just in bed you know i was like i need to relax more you're like i'm trying way too hard exactly you didn't get second did you did you get third I don't remember why I got a fourth or something. I don't know. I, I made mean, it just makes cash, me feel good that I finished higher at Falmouth than you have as well. So that makes sense. Make yeah. the world team, bud. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's the end of our roasting questions. I think. Yeah. Did you did you uh, get any um, built on your end, Drew? Because I know you said oh, yeah. we're just so awesome yeah, yeah, and so yeah. nice of guys. Um, I texted. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I texted some guys on the team, and I was like, uh, "Most of them were D two, David. I'll be honest. That was that's a pretty easy roast." Um, Josh, a uh, guy on our team who used to be on our team, Tyler Mueller, his girlfriend ran 
Oh, yeah. Mexico. Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tyler goes, I go, give me something I can make fun of uh, Josh Kerr for. I was like, he seems like a really nice guy. <laughs> and, then, and then Tyler just goes, his half tights. He pulls those mother effers down to his knees. <laughs> And that was it. So, it's, it's, you need to speak to Brooks about that. It's just the length of them, I'm sure. Like, it's, yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> what would it get for you to wear short shorts, Josh? So, I'm one of those guys that, you know, have a little bit more chunk in, in the trunk um, and, you know, on their legs. So, you know, I uh, sometimes it gets a little bit rubby down there. So, I'm a half tights guy through and through. I actually, I'll, I'll put a little photo on the sit and kick uh, Instagram of a photo of me last time I wore half tight uh, uh, split shorts. And you'll you'll see why I never wore them again. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I'll have to check <laughs> that out. Um, and. This one, someone just wrote for David, pancakes. <laughs> David David tries to do this story band pancakes. It's just... I, well, a lot of the times I try to think of being creative and I just end up roasting myself in the process of it. <laughs> was that um, the pancake? Yeah, well, that was one of the things. I would do a lot of pancake flipping and things. Um, I think it's your ass is pancake flat. I mean, maybe. I don't know why. Is that because I'm ahead of you in reps and you always get something to look at? or? <laughs> but... Yeah, um, I'm surprised like Sydney didn't bring any banter about him winning the 3K indoor um, or any of those things. Because I'm trying to think of like my relationships with the 10 man guys, and I know some of them have got to have dirt. But yeah, pancakes was a, a self-deprecation roast on my own. So much, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been a lot of fun. I've had it. Like, you know, this is you know this is the kind of banner we want to bring to most podcasts, and you know, have a nice, relaxing feel about it. So it's been awesome having you on and giving us a bit more experience about the inside of a bit more inside of Tin Man Elite, even though we're already inside it as as the social media followers. But you know, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I'm, this is going to be hopefully a great podcast for people to listen to. So. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to say or mention, like on the podcast, that was never hit, or you wanted to clarify or anything? No, we talked about everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I will say that we no, have I a do have one followers, question so, for you, you guys. Know. Yeah. I do have one question for you guys. Uh, what's your guys' love languages? Do you know what that is? Yeah. Josh is googling it right now. Um, my love. My love language. Um, <laughs> what the hell is that? Probably for me. So Dave, 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 Dave is guy. the most See, fully love man I've ever met, by the way. I just thought I'd this out there. Olivia is uh, an amazing woman, and uh, he doesn't stop talking. He's already mentioned her a couple times on the podcast. It just happened. Like, even on this episode, he does it every episode. So just watch out why, for those. So, ones. like, the reason I asked that question is, A, it's, like, kind of, like, one of my funny go-tos. But mm-hmm. also, like, you guys do seem like two very loving people. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I have to know. It's, like, part of me wants to say, like, words of affirmation. But then at the same time, I almost – this sounds super bad. But I almost feel like that's a shallow answer. Um, and, like, physical touch seems like it's too uh, deep of, like, a, oh, a, a, a love language. Touch, yeah. But yeah, I almost, I almost think like that's me in a low I'm probably like quality time, probably yeah. like quality time is my love language. Like I just like being able to, this is so romantic, but like just doing? being able to spend like time and complete focus with my significant other, and it's just like just us having fun. Like we were talking the other day, like we don't need anybody else or anything to bring out the fun or love in our relationship. Like it's just so awesome to just be with each other. So I think. 
I love this. Josh is just lo- Josh is just get holding in a roast so bad. <laughs> Josh, so Josh, tough not no, to Josh is holding in his uh, he, he's holding in his sweat. Look at it, it's seeping from yeah. the sides. He's nervous. It's just because I'm like shaking with like roasts, dude. But that's fine. No, I, I mean, yeah. What's t- your love what, language? What was the one I said? Touches of affirmation. <laughs> touch of affirmation. <laughs> touch of affirmation. <laughs> <laughs> just Sound like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna dive as deep as Dave, but yeah, that's me. I'm a touchy guy. Perfect. That's how, we're, that's how we're gonna finish the podcast, I guess. Um, so we also we originally have um like me or Josh name the episode on the top of our head. So I'm gonna do a countdown. I'll say three, two, one, um, and say what's the episode name, and then you get to name the name like you get to name the episode, and that'll be what's published. First thing that comes so, to your mind. First thing that comes to your mind. It can either be, um. Something, yeah, you literally get to name it. So I don't think it needs to have any more detail than that. But are you ready? I think. Yeah, just think for a quick moment. Say something inappropriate. (laughs) Yeah, please do. I did the first time, but it got taken out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it can be clickbait. It can be anything. So you guys, will you guys say it too? No. No. He normally does it to me, but we're going to try and do it with the guests and try and see if like there's anything that pops out in this podcast that you'd find funny to see as the title or anything along those lines or where you'd be like, oh, it's mostly been about this or that. And the next thing, it could be touches of affirmation. You never know. Yeah, so, yeah it could be love languages and running. You I know. was literally going to say love languages. So, okay, then, then we'll, we'll, just, we, won't, uh, we won't spoil it. I'll say three, two, one, and you can say what you want to say. So uh, uh, three, two, one. Love languages and roasts. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love, love it. it. Yeah, that's gonna get a. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's pretty clickbaity. It is clickbaity. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll make sure to do a good little edit of us uh, in some hearts and some cupid stuff. So. Perfect. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. Drew, we thank you so much for um taking the time out of your high school Zoom calls and um oh. b- building an empire to uh take the time to talk to two uh sit and kick podcast hosts and um yeah really appreciate us being able to cover the entire continent uh, with this episode yeah thanks for having me on the call guys this is really fun we'll have to do it again you have to have another tin man on or something i don't know we'll figure <laughs> <Yeah>. it out <laughs> awesome yeah. Yeah. Right. he wants to kick he's gotta go now with josh Kerr. Alright, here's David Ribbage. Josh Kerr. David Ribbage. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Ribbage.